Hey, I know you're probably driving or running or cleaning the house or doing something else when you're listening to this, but look, if you're a B2B marketer and you need to start generating revenue from your marketing, then you have to check out our 12-week program, the B2B Incubator. It's built for small in-house B2B marketing teams with limited time and budget. We give you the strategy, the templates, and the tools to start driving revenue, not just leads. So if you're ready to act on all the advice Kevin and I give you, next time you take that first sip of coffee in the morning, make sure you head to the b2bincubator.com and apply now. There's only 10 spots available per cohort with our next one launching in February 2024. Remember, the b2bincubator.com. Apply now so you don't miss out. We've had B2B marketing managers, CMOs, marketers in demand journal roles, and content leads and more all go through this program and they're currently executing the demand strategy that they created in it. Again, make sure you check out the b2bincubator.com and apply now to start driving more demand and more revenue for your brand. Okay, let's get on with the show. and welcome to the B2B Playbook Podcast. Each week, we discuss strategies and tactics to help B2B businesses grow online. We're your hosts, Kevin and George, a couple of digital marketing professionals. We've waded through the noise and made the mistakes so you don't have to. The B2B world has changed and you need to put your customers at the heart of your marketing. We'll cover how you can use our framework, the five Bs, to create a brand that customers are ready to buy from, love and advocate for. We'll get insights from successful people in the industry and cover the latest trends to keep you on the cutting edge of the B2B world. If you're interested in B2B marketing strategies and tactics that work, then this podcast is for you. Subscribe to get the latest from the B2B playbook first. Remember, successful B2B marketing starts with the buyer. Welcome back to the B2B playbook. Listeners, this week's interview is with Brian Williams. Brian is the founder of Hockey Stick Advisory, in which he helps tech businesses grow and scale by building curated partnership ecosystems so that they can reach their full potential faster. Now, Brian brings a wealth of knowledge and expertise to partnerships after leading Zero's partnership ecosystem across Australia and New Zealand for five years. Brian shared with us what partnerships are, a form of referral and social currency in the business world to help power up both businesses involved. He also talked to us about the fundamental question you should ask yourself. Do you want to do it yourself and all on your own dime or do you want to partner up and power up with complementary businesses to grow together? As well as this, we touched on when is the right time to look into partnerships, what a model partnership looks like and how to go one step further to build a partnership ecosystem. He even goes into how to make the most out of partnerships and how to measure success. That's it, Kev. It's a fantastic episode that gives you some of the nuts and bolts to further your own framework and approach to partnerships. Listeners, we hope you enjoy this conversation with Brian Williams. Welcome back to the B2B Playbook. Listeners, as you know, we rarely have guests on our show. Instead, we select a few true experts who align with our view that B2B marketing is more about people, not platforms. Now, today, our special guest is Brian Williams. Brian is the founder of Hockey Stick Advisory, and he's here as our resident expert in partnerships. Specifically, Brian helps tech businesses grow and scale by building curated partnership ecosystems so they can reach their full potential faster. 
Brian brings a ton of wealth and knowledge and expertise to partnerships after leading Zero's partnership ecosystem across the Australian and New Zealand regions for five years. And the partnerships he helped them build are a major contributor to Zero's meteoric rise. Brian, thank you so much for making the time to come on the show. Thanks, George, and good to be here and have a chat uh, this afternoon. Also, for I'm proud to make the cut as a as a rare speaker and guest upon your uh, podcast as well. So uh, good to be here, mate. Yeah, no, we we connected a while ago, and I sort of said to you, Brian, I I had your earmarked as someone that I wanted to bring on at this time in the podcast, and that time has come, and so we're very very excited to have you here as our true expert. We don't let anyone come on here. <laughs> High caliber, I like it. <laughs> All right, now Brian, we've spoken about this a, a little bit before our chat, but just to give our listeners a bit more context. Now, our listeners, we know you guys are mostly B2B marketers and some of you might feel that partnerships are outside of your job description, but I think by the end of this conversation, it's going to be pretty obvious to you marketers why partnerships should really form a key part of your growth strategy and how it actually makes your life easier. So, Brian, today I want to explore some of the basics of partnerships and then really try and dive into the practicalities of how to actually do it. So, Having said all that, Brian, what are partnerships and what purpose do they serve in a business? Yeah, sure. So partnerships are all around us and everything we do today, uh, right? In terms of, you know, recommendations, referrals of where we go to purchase anything from coffee to cafes or, you know, where you go for dinner or drinks or travel, you know, you, you go where you're recommended um, around it. And there's a, there's a very, um, there's a social currency in that around um, with it to go as well. And and what we're facing in today's environment as marketers um, for this audience, you know that overwhelmed by choice and, and everything of information we digest, um, newsletters, EDMs we receive, contactable by every method possible. Um, tell me that you've walked into a capital city and remember any of the ads that you've seen on billboards or what's sort of caught top of mind, right? And so what partnerships actually enable are typically one-to-one, right? So you're working with another company or another business, uh, which is aligned to your target customer and how can you power up together um, to be able to reach that customer and increase your value proposition. So picture the companies which you're targeting or or customers you're trying to reach, like they're already um, being engaged and and, uh, people are following up from other companies who are aligned very closely to the core of what you're doing. So I like the marketing term of how can you use other people's money, potentially? How can you use other people's money to sort of power up, to be able to access new customers, to be able to expand reach, to increase your value proposition, to be able to go faster? And so, so that's, that's one part on the marketing lens. More broadly, partnerships. We know that um, all of you listening, wherever you are, you've got a phone within, probably within reach, if not in your pocket or on your table or whatever in front of you, right? You've all got a, a swag of apps that you use on a daily basis. Businesses also use a swag of solutions themselves, and they're also looking for solutions and things to help them as well. And so how can you combine forces with those around you with a common cause to have a stronger value proposition? Like no one's using a phone just for text messages or phone calls anymore. Let's let's face it, right? So um, would Uber exist um, or like without mobile phones? So, you know, I think the possibility of partnerships is to amplify either on a sales, a marketing lens, a product lens. You don't have to build by partner. And, uh, you know, the use cases is quite vast. Well, if that isn't a hook for our listeners to make sure they tune in to the rest of this episode, I don't know, it will be. (laughs) That's an awesome entry point, Brian. And you've already kind of touched on some there, but I just want to lay out for our listeners, you know, what are the real benefits of partnerships? Let's go on the business side. You know, what are the benefits of partnerships? Why is this something that they should focus on? 
Yeah, so for any marketing team or an individual marketing person, start off with, do you want to do all the work yourself? Do you want to go and spend all your own budget to try and reach the same customers, um, the same businesses, or do you want to try and partner with relevant contextual needs to solve problems for businesses to help them win? And so how can you power up and do that together? And so in my previous role, I would, you know, looking after um, app partners um, and, and a big ecosystem of those as well, I would see that as an extension of the sales team of our business to be able to talk more about Zero in a previous role. And, and so what I'm focusing on now in my consultancy business is how can I help empower other scale-up businesses to be able to harness the benefits of partnerships of what I've sort of seen and observed in market. I love how you can view them as an extension of, of your own sales team, as your own team, identify those complementary businesses and look at how you can partner and work together to be something more to a, to a customer than just the individual. In that vein, Brian, I guess, how can partnerships help you, your business, bring more to the table for your customers? Yeah, so there's a common saying now that's, you know, build deep, not broad. You don't have to do it all. If you feel that you can and you've got a really broad subset of features or offerings around it, the reality is some of them will be weak because you, you've got limited resources yourself to be able to expand your offerings of what you can offer. So by partnering up, you don't have to go and build as broad for whatever it is, product or service offerings for what it is, and you can, you can partner with others who provide that service already and, and win together. And so that's a win for your mutual customers or, or the businesses you're targeting. It's a win for your business and it's also a win uh, for your partners which you look to establish ahead. I really like that idea of, of winning together. And I think it's something that businesses perhaps need to look at a little earlier on in the journey than perhaps some do. Um, I think we're probably guilty of that in our own business. For our listeners, Brian, when is the right time for, for them to start looking at partnerships as, part, as something being part of their core strategy? Yeah, I was actually, funnily enough, talking to a company about this exact problem this morning. So you've got your options, right? You can put it into digital. You can have a direct sales team. You can spend your own marketing dollars or as an option and a strategic asset, you can look towards partnerships around to sort of be able to grow and prosper. And so that is a very strategic decision. And I might start off with George if it's okay with what it shouldn't be. What it, what it shouldn't be, and it shouldn't be an exec or a good idea that you sort of arm someone to go, oh, why don't you go explore some partnerships and see what happened around it. It should be extremely intentional. And partnerships is a strategy, not a department. I really like that saying. And, and what it really means is, is that you know, do you want to grow alone? Is there others that you could partner with who might have a large customer base? Uh, they might have already reaching your audience, might already have success that you can sort of partner up with in order to make that decision to go with. And then the second component with that is if someone who is a, uh, a target partner for you guys and say they've got 10 times more customers than you guys, then the approach, which we'll, we'll probably get to this question, I might be jumping ahead, George, is that you can't just aim to go, go approach these bigger um, partners and say, hey, I want to do some campaigns with you um, around it. They'll just tell you to get stuffed, right? Because the reality is you're a small fish against their conflicting assets. And in the same way that you're trying to make a decision around whether you should use partnerships to harness your growth, they've equally got limited bandwidth, opportunities, budget, component, right? And so the partnership value proposition, as you start to explore what that looks like, 
you have to give, give, give in, um, early on to be able to establish some trust, uh, to establish some credibility, um, some alignment um, before sort of really unlocking those partnerships for good. Before we sort of dive more into um, how our listeners can go about strategically choosing their partners, I want to look more at the practicalities of what building partnerships like. So just to kick us off there, Brian, I mean, what does a model partnership even look like? Yeah, sure. So a model partnership should have a bunch of key components, I suppose. The first one is it needs to be a give-get relationship. It needs to be mutually beneficial for both parties Otherwise, they just actually won't gain traction. So what that means, do you have customers which you can share with them? Do they have a customer base or, or component which offer um, you know, to you in return? Do they have features which you don't have, which is able to power up your offering to increase the proposition for you? And in return, can you help them achieve their goals? So it really clearly needs to go both ways. So that's a really important parameter to go with. There needs to be a willingness from the execs down that there's, there's worthwhile investment here to, um, out of time, energy and resources to make this work. That they, like I said before, George, like they're kind of like an extension of your sales team or of your business unit where you power up together to sort of help each other grow and succeed. And so if you don't have that exec support, if you don't have the alignment, if you don't have a give-get relationship, then the whole exercise is likely, you know, potentially a waste of time. Sorry to interrupt, guys, but I need to let you know that our next cohort of the B2B Incubator is launching in February 2024. For those who don't know, the B2B Incubator is our no-fluff program that gives you the strategy, the templates, and the tools that you need to drive more revenue for your business, not just leads. It's built for small in-house marketing teams with limited time and budget. So if you're ready to act on all the advice that we give you and you want to start driving more revenue for your business, next time you sit down at your desk with a cup of coffee, remember to head to the b2bincubator.com and apply now. There's only 10 spots available per cohort. So apply now for our cohort launching in February 2024 so you don't miss out. The b2bincubator.com. Check it out. All right, back to the episode. So I guess we can take all that information then and that probably helps with my next question, Brian. And listeners, just for context, you know, I want to look more into partnerships myself for the B2B Incubator next year. So I'm selfishly asking questions that I want to know the answer to. How, Brian, should we go about prioritizing who we should partner with? If you have a give-get relationship, you've got to have something to give as a business. So how do you go about, I guess, assessing that and then using that to choose uh, who you can go ahead and partner with? Yeah, so a common process to do an ideal uh, customer, you know, ICP um, persona, you've got, you can do the same method with partner, right? IPP, ideal partner profile, and consider what's closest to the core of what you want to go after. And what's your objectives? Are you trying to find new customers? Are you trying to increase brand awareness? Are you trying to uh, create action of some sort? Are you trying to do some sort of campaigns? What does it look like? So that's the first component. So you do, you do need a bit of homework. Like I said before, it's a, it's a strategy, not a department. And then from there, build a prioritization roadmap. It's like these are the top three to five that are going to be beneficial. So let's use George, you know, for all listeners, let's help George with his incubator play next year, right? So who is that? Is it venture capitalists? Is it co-working officers to go with it? Is it others who are complementary to your marketing incubator program of what you want to do? Is it other business units which are around? 
Partnerships. I'd love to collaborate with you, George. Community. You know, who else is it? Who's the other players which can help influence around it? Who else has an audience to go with it? And then start to uncover those components. So to start off with, go through the exercise to do a prioritisation of what's closest to the core makes most sense to your objectives. Go for a prioritisation exercise around which partners makes sense. And then the most important part, and before sort of approaching, consider what you can offer them. And that's really important. I'll give you an example. My business, I'm growing it. I'm six months out the other side as I've moved from you know, employee to entrepreneur. And I'm very intentionally doing a lot of podcasts just like this one to, to get my audience out there. I wanna spread my brand and awareness um, across, across beyond my own current network. I'm trying to um, increase the surface area of myself on the internet. And so beyond my own strong network, I'm chatting to people just like George here as well with the aim to sort of improve your podcast and benefits through some learnings from my side, and that's the give get that I can get. But in return, there might be some um, of, offer, um, of benefit for some of your listeners as well. And so there's a value proposition on both sides to go with it. And so having that component and making sure you're, you're offering value in return is essential in the early stages, you know, before sort of establishing trust and asking for stuff in return. I love this free advice. I'm getting a ton of from this, Brian. I hope our listeners are too. One question that I do have is, okay, so we, we've identified, again, you know, our ideal customer profile. From there, we've made a list of what we would call, uh, I guess, uh, our dream 100. Um, you know, identifying the top complementary businesses where our dream customers are already hanging out. We're going through, we're trying to prioritize them and maybe we we narrow it down to just a couple, perhaps, you know, within the same category, maybe it's venture capitalists. Once we start working on that partnership, how can you ensure that both parties get the most out of that? I mean, I've had quite a few conversations, Brian, with uh, people even like yourself, where we do see there's some overlap in what we do. We perhaps can work across very similar customers and we say, hey, you know what? If um, someone needs your services, I'll send them your way. And if someone needs mine, you'll send them my way. But look, it just doesn't always happen. How, how can we make it so both parties are getting a lot out of that relationship? I think there's an opportunity to go one deeper. So to start off with, you know, upon that first initial engagement, which is really the discovery work once you've got some prioritised um, partners you've, you've identified, the next chapter is to start to really and deeply understand what they're trying to achieve, right? On a company level, if they're interested or kind of curious, they might take a meeting. They might be like, oh yeah, let's have a look and see what this is, or maybe they've noticed you and they wanna see what you're up to. And sometimes if you're a big Halo brand, they'll get excited, oh yeah, I'd love to chat to these people, right? But the reality is, what, what is their current KPIs and focus as a business? So if you understand that, just, just because they take a meeting, they might be like, oh, we're actually busy for 18 months, we can't do anything. But like, it sounds good, thanks for chatting. It was a really interesting component, right? Waste of your time, waste of their time. So early on, establish what both parties are trying to achieve. And I think, it, George, it's about expectation settings. It's like, what do you want out of it? What do they want out of it? And if you're approaching them, then you actually want to make sure that whatever they're trying to achieve, you're right there alongside them as number one fan to help them do that. That's how you're gonna move the needle. But to go one deeper, as I mentioned, what is the person that you're actually chatting to on the other side trying to achieve? Is this person new in their role and they're trying to work it out? Can you help them with resources, introduce them to other people, you know, deepen their network? 
to be able to add value to the person below it? What if, what if you worked with them, did a really amazing campaign, you did some shared co-marketing efforts and that person got promoted or they got poached or they um, enabled an amazing narrative and story to go with it? Do you think they'd be motivated to work with you um, at a much deeper level than beyond some current campaigns together? And so, so how, do you, how do you bring that to life? What I really love about this, Brian, is it, it just, it doesn't seem to matter which aspect of business uh, we dive down, like, you know, what rabbit hole it is. It always seems to come back to that fundamental thing of understanding, truly understanding your dream customer and what motivates them, you know, in a professional and even a personal capacity. You said it right there, you know, how can you help that person achieve what they want to make sure that what you are doing is aligned that could help them get that that promotion, you know, that's what that person really, really cares about. So I love that it's it's brought back to that fundamental understanding of people. And that's why we say, you know, it's all about people, not platforms when it comes to marketing, to business partnerships, whatever it might be. Yeah, 100%. Like, you know, technology is just the enabler that I see across the board. And it's the people behind the scenes who are doing the work and bringing stuff to life. And if you don't if you don't work with them, I've had some big enterprise projects in the past where we're dealing with a big strategic partner on the other side and they weren't really interested and don't really realize why. And then two months later, that person resigned. So in retrospective, like a year later, you're like, they were never going to care. They, were only, they knew they were already on the out around it. And so it's like, how can you, you need to navigate, play, play the person in the field and, and understand what they're trying to achieve um, before you've got, you know, a hope of progressing and moving stuff forward. You need to be on the same page. Brian, when selecting which partnerships um, that you should go after, say you have your list of ones where you can definitely provide value to them. Um, there's definitely value with you working with them. So there's that two-way relationship there. Should you try and partner with companies that are of a similar size to you? I mean, you know, for example, of course, if if I partnered with HubSpot, you know, that would be unreal. There's so many B2B marketers in HubSpot. They're very heavily in the education business. That would be sensational, but that's just not realistic. Yeah, it's a really good question and it's, a, it's the aspirations of many to work with these big halo companies. Hey, I want to work with the Fang, Google, Facebook, Meta, you know, um, HubSpot, the Zero, you know, the list goes on of these aspirational companies and, and there's, a, there's a dream of like, if they can just, you know, sell out and push our stuff, then we've got a ticket to the moon. Like this is what it's all hinged on, right? But in reality, they're all going to have partner programs. They're going to be very busy. They're going to be overwhelmed by too many partners of choice. And they'll have partner programs to sort of put you in a box to go with it. And so the recommendation would be, would be to work with similar brands at a similar stage of growth with you who are also talking to those platforms. So who else is also trying to unlock the big whale customers? Who else has recently sold to those same sort of style customers that you're going after together? So where is it that you're aligned around it? And you know, the collaboration component of a better together story of being at a similar stage of growth with similar personnel, the motivations are gonna be very similar and quite similarly aligned. And so that, that would be a recommended approach where you're gonna get their attention, appetite, you're all in it together, you can share learnings, um, pitfalls, approaches, combined resources, and, and, and everyone wins. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you have to have that alignment. Um, you have to have that alignment to have both parties interested to make the most of it. Brian, I've seen you speak uh, on other podcasts and write about partnership ecosystems. Could you tell us what is a partnership ecosystem? Yeah, so over time, you'll establish many partnerships across across the board as your business evolves or as you continue to invest in this play, right? And so 
partnership ecosystem is, is a one-to-many of partnerships to go with it, right? And, and as it grows and gets more mature, it gets more complex. You, you might have a re- referral agreements, uh, referral partners, you might have agency partnerships, you might have affiliate partnerships, you might have integration partnerships, solution partnerships, which you might be white labeling solutions yourselves to be able to go with it. And what that sort of collectively all works together is evolves into an ecosystem of connected solutions which work with your uh, company in various integrated ways. And where the, where the secret source and the magic starts to happen is where these partners themselves of rather than you working with all of them in various capacities or various touch points, they start to interact together as well. And so they start to grow alongside. And so there's this triangular accelerated uh, benefits um, of a building an, estab- an ecosystem over time. And what it means is, is there's a big army of these other companies that are, that are all talking around your solution. They've got a narrative in some capacity, whether it's brand association, technology solutions, co-marketing efforts that are working in conjunction for the same common cause. And it it means that if every time you add more of these partners and they're working and they're choosing their efforts, energy and resources to work with you or others in and around you, they're not doing it with other competitors or or on their own components, they're they're investing in the ecosystem in and around you and, and, and you continue to benefit. That's a beautiful thing, building that ecosystem uh, and being able to provide value just by plugging someone into that ecosystem and then being able to interact with with all the others in there so everyone can grow together. Uh, you know, even just with what we're trying to do in B2B marketing, you know, we're trying to evangelize the category of demand generation, the whole idea that marketing should be contributing more and more to revenue. So we talk to other marketers, do joint collaborations with other marketers who believe the same thing. Now, we don't provide exactly the same solution, which is completely fine. I mean, the important thing to us is that we are leveraging each other's audiences. We are growing together to create a more powerful force, a more powerful message and generate that demand. So in the end, there's a bigger pool of people who are ready for all of our services. So like we stop looking at those people as competitors, uh, especially if they're not direct competitors, look at them as complementary. 100%, yeah, partner up where possible. Make sure that they know about you, can talk about you in the right vein and that you're top of mind alongside them as your way are in reverse, right? And so everyone can win that way. And so, yeah, I really agree with your approach. So is the approach then that you would try to start by building some one-to-one partnerships and over time, as you start to see some return from this partnership strategy, then you may be up it to ecosystems? Like, is, that, is there a progression there? Is that typically how it works? Yeah, let's look at a typical, let's take a typical business, right? Usually you'll put someone in a growth position that seems to be the common buzzword. And that person will do sales, marketing and partnerships and they'll basically spend their efforts wherever, you know, is the priority right now. Over time, that'll split out into sales partnerships, um, digital, um, <clears throat> and that'll start to sort of get bigger as the business establishes, and there might be sales teams, partnerships teams, marketing teams accordingly to, to go with it, right? And so partnerships start with, with watering. You just like, it's a small seedling that you start to water and you grow. You're looking to build and establish trust that you're aligned with a few key components. You do a few little things together that went well. How do we do more? How do you invest more? How do you have planning sessions? How do you build your monthly or quarterly reviews around what's working, what's not? You attend each other's events, you get involved with various campaigns and that grows. And then you look at the next layer of partners around who else can add value to go with it. And and over time you build and and you water and nurture it, right? And so the seedling with enough um, care 
starts to become the bush to becomes the tree to the forest, right? And it really is, that's a simple enough analogy of, of what it can be. It's, um, it does need to be invested in on time because you are building on relationships, maintaining trust and making sure that you continue to give so you do get in return. It's not, you know, in this current economic environment, I'm seeing some sales leaders of, they'll spin up a partnership person and go bring in a bunch of orgs or new business or new leads overnight and it doesn't work that way. You, you, you don't go to another company and say, hey, I want to do a partner and give me all, all your leads or all your business or, or do an EDM to your customers. That's just ridiculous. It's short-term short thinking. And so um, that's a sort of logical approach that it will take, um, which does take time. But the, the rewards, if in, if in time you've got a distributed workforce uh, that's talking about you through you and to your ideal customers or current customers, um, you know, it, you know, businesses that are, that are, have these traits are increasingly appealing also on the, on the um, capital raising ahead as well. So what I'm hearing then is for these partnerships to, to really get the most out of them, it's not enough just for one department to be talking to the other department in the partnership category, right? So if the sales team is talking to the other sales team, in the, in the other partner, uh, the company that you've chosen to partner with, you know, that's not really enough. The, the real benefit comes when your marketing team is also talking to their marketing team, when your executives are strategically aligning and talking about where do we best complement each other? How can we go to market together? Yeah, treat them like employees, not like suppliers, right? Like how do you embed them in every component? If you actually really want them to do something alongside you, like how do you embed them cross-functionally quite deeply in order so you create mutual wins um, together ongoing? It's, it's about a relationship which is going to set up your future success ongoing. It's not a short-term, you know, extension just to try and get some benefits, which which won't materialize. It's a waste of everyone's effort. So how do you do that then? Do you have to have, I guess, from a measurement point of view, do you have to have ways of measuring what you are both bringing to the table? Do you have to organize regular catch-ups to make sure that everyone stays friends? Because, you know, people just want to work with people that they like as well and are benefiting from. How do you how do you organise all that? How did you do that with zero? Yeah, so you, you don't have to set it all up, you know, overnight, right? It establishes and matures as like in the same way you build out your product or your offering over time, right? So start small, like open some doors. Establish some common metrics which are agreed on both sides. Like, so you've got clear expectations. Hey, we're going to do this next month. You, you know, we're all in. Okay, this is what's required. Should we catch up next week? Or, you know, there's a systematic way and then it might evolve into a quarterly business review or an annual review or we've got these events coming up. Can we, let's talk around how we can help each other and support or these campaigns together. And then do a review, an honest review, six months in. Is this working? Are you spending much time and effort? Is it, is it a beneficial? At the start, we said we're going to do this component. We're not. Are we doing it? Are we realising it? Should we do more or less? Like, where does the value proposition kind of go? So you, you grow it over time, but you definitely don't have to turn on a massive component. And then behind the scenes, so you want to look at, like, you know, tech to help you. Like, where are your tracking components within CRMs or um, partner relationship management tools or account mapping tools? And that can evolve and come in as, as you as you continue sort of to move forward. But the important thing is like to get started in this space, be strategic about it, um, reflect often, you know, give a lot more than you get, especially early on, and then and then the rewards will come. So you say the rewards will come, and I'm guessing that your answer to this is probably going to be, it depends. But what is a reasonable timeline to expect some business outcomes from a partnership? 
Yeah, so I'd probably answer it a different way. Like, what what do you actually want the partnership to deliver in return, right? Do you want them to co-fund, you know, access to similar customers? Do you want them to introduce your offering or product to their customer base to go with it? Is that what success looks like? You know, are they a partner which are going to add features which you don't do nor plan to do? Or maybe they offer services which you don't do to go with it, right? Like HubSpot, you you can do it yourself. Or you can work with a HubSpot agency who's going to install it and, and get it humming and continue to add to it. And so, you know, the timelines, depending on the depths of what you want to go out, it, it will vary. But there's no reason why, if you're able to align and agree on what the give gets are early, that you can start to deliver on that in the short term and get some wins on the board. Like anyone into a new role or a new uh, focus, the 90-day plan or 30-day plan, like, okay, let's get some referrals both sides. How do we help each other win? Let's agree on some commitments for events. Let's get some campaigns going. Having those honest, transparent, authentic conversations of like what it is, but what it isn't. You know, in my previous Zero role, we'd sometimes have really big companies who'd want to build to zero, hoping that it'd be like a fire hose of customers coming and other upcoming ones who just want to build for the brand logo to say they're a zero partner. And those ones are a waste of time because they say, oh yeah, we're close partners, but they didn't really understand what it is and what it isn't and the expectations to go with it. And so if you lead with that to start off with, then in terms of the return, um, also the expectations that you pass back into the business are realistic as well. So it sounds like then that the timeline and the metrics that you should be looking at really depends on what you both define as as success. And that is a conversation that should be had before this relationship uh, officially kicks off and perhaps should be reviewed um, as, as the partnership develops. Yeah, reviewed ongoing and, and um, work closely on that. So, um, you know, like I said before, it needs to be watered, uh, you know, and, and make sure, treat, treat them like employees, not suppliers. I'm going to ask you something, Brian, that maybe might tug at your heartstrings a little more. It's, it's not about your kids or your family or anything. It's about, was there a moment where you really sort of fell in love with partnerships? You speak so passionately about it, but there must have been a moment for you where you're like, wow, this, this stuff really, really works. Yeah, yeah. Um, good question and, um, and segue. I'm going, to, I'm going to do a blast from the past and sort of talk about um, back, I reckon, circa 2008 or so, I had some outbound sales roles where I worked in Europe and the Middle East for quite a few years. And my role was to go and find expats who were living in these countries, earn a lot more money and work with the financial advisors where, where, um, that I worked with and help them sort of grow their part of the business. So I was like top of the funnel. If you're in Dubai or in Germany or in Luxembourg and these places I worked and you need to go find British expats, and I don't want to bang the phone and do outbound. It's, it sucks, right? No one likes it. And so what I did was I was like, there's a better way to do this. And so I, I read and researched a lot around referral strategies to be able to sort of how to deploy this. And so what I'd do was make sure we'd over-deliver working with some clients to start off with. On the expectations to start off with, it's like, if we do a great job for you um, and really add some value, would you be okay of introducing us to five of your expat friends to go with it, to go about it? And I saw it the proof in the pudding way back then to go about it. And so I've seen partnerships always been as a lever for growth around it. And, and at the heart of it, what it is, it's actually, like you said before, George, it's actually just dealing with people. It's dealing with people in a respectful way and helping them win. And if, if you're able to do that in a systematic and a programmatic way as you build out your business, then you're set up for success ahead. Obviously, in my zero role, you know, being there for five years and speaking to hundreds of tech companies, there's common themes 
uh, come through. And, and that's that's actually why I've sort of stepped out to sort of go help others do it and um, to realise the benefits, which, which I've seen uh, materialise myself and also in, in, in lots of conversations. I love that. And when you said that you were um, looking for the expats in those places, I thought you were going to say, so the first place I went to was the bar because that's where they yeah. all seem to gather. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. And in, the golf, in the golf clubs and the sailing clubs and like where, where the ideal customer profile, right? Where do they hang out? Where do they look, hang out, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. And and I loved your answer there. Um, I was on a podcast recently, and um, the question was, what would you do if you had to create demand for your product in in three days? And I said, look, that's impossible. But what I would do is I would go and speak to our raving fans, our absolute best customers, and I'd say, do you know anyone just like you in another business who could use this product or service? And if you introduce us and they sign up, I'll give you 30% of whatever it is that we make. So incentivize them, play off that relationship. And it sounds like that's, that's the approach. Yeah. Imagine like helping your, partners, helping your partners grow and then being able to say, hey, is there some of your, we've helped you grow. Is there some of them that I can help grow? It's, it's like a, an old business methodology of just building referrals, of delivering good service, right? It's great. It all comes back to that mentality that we talk about on the podcast so much of just being helpful. If you just have a helpful mindset, then so much of this stuff should come as common sense. But common sense isn't always that obvious. And that's why we need um, people like us, I guess, Brian, <laughs> putting, putting it in a framework. People often get operationally um, busy and they're trying to focus on their key components and they don't have time often to sort of step back and see the bigger picture to go with it, right? And so like sort of led with at the start of the, the call, like do you want to do it all yourself in isolation or do you want to sort of power up working with others to sort of achieve objectives where you both win? It's a, it's a no-brainer when you think about it that simply. Definitely. Uh, let's, let's talk about the chicken and egg problem. Do you need to scale to start partnerships or do you need partnerships to achieve scale? Yeah, yeah, good question. And it's often, it's very much harder in uh, marketplaces, right, where you're trying to have demand on one side and supply on the other. And so that's a much bigger conversation for, for another day maybe. I think you can start on the egg side on this. You know, you can start and get going and get going and get growing before you need to have this incredible whale partnerships to really unlock the growth to go with it. I'd go back to my point earlier around it's expectation setting back to the business around what it is and what it isn't and having that clear, overly communicated around the direction of going down as a strategic asset in order to grow and foster it together, right? Rather than sort of saying, well, we've got to, we just, we're going to crack all these big partnerships then we're just you know, days away from bringing it to life um, to go with it. And so you know, if, you're, if you're able to nurture them and grow and replicate and share learnings and and build some programs and operational efficiencies with it. It's like any party business; it'll also uh, blossom in time. You spoke a little bit earlier about how partnerships can really help with co-marketing opportunities. Can you tell us a little bit more about how marketing can help you leverage those partnerships? Yeah, the, the good old classic saying of other people's money, right? Anyone who's a marketer here's got a budget. They probably want a lot more than they've got, and they've probably the business probably wants them to deliver a, mo- a lot more than they've got as well. And so if you're doing it yourself, you're probably limited to your own audience or audience that you're going after or spending to go after that audience. But what if you're able to share audiences or grow audiences or you know, have bigger amplification through co-marketing efforts with others who are similarly aligned? We, we, we spoke about um, finding those partners who are at a you know, similar stage of growth, going after the same customers or have the same customers and sort of working together to go with it. And 
like my point, you, you got the opportunity to power up um, together, right? And you don't have to go it alone and just and just rely on your own budget. That's it. You'll go much further if you go together with with uh, with other people. Uh, Brian, look, we love trying to share some uh, practical tips and information here on the podcast as well. So our listeners can get started. Do you have any other templates or other practical tips that you'd be keen to share with our listeners? Yeah, I'm happy to share like a partnership design canvas where you're able to sort of navigate um, what it should look like before you go on approaching them and then sort of walking through with them around what it could and what it, what it shouldn't be um, to go with it. Also, it might be beyond the recording time, but I'm leading Partnership Leaders APAC uh, chapter, which is an extension of a US tech company community um, for those in partnerships. So if you're in a marketing role and you want to unlock partnerships, there's a group here in APAC, which we're growing pro- um, proactively to all help each other win, which is kind of living the principles of what I've spoken about today. So you can find that more about information about that through Partnership Leaders. Look that up. We do have some marketers in there already who, you know, they've got a partnership-focused role of what they're trying to unlock around to go about it. And so that's a great um, collaborative community where you've got options to be able to lean on a really a broad range of senior international people to help you achieve your goals. Fantastic. I'll definitely be checking that out and we'll link to it in the show notes. Brian, you've been so generous with your time. Uh, As I said, partnerships is certainly something I'm going to focus on for our own business next year. So thank you for indulging me with all my questions. Now, before we round out the conversation, is there anything else that you'd like to direct our audience's attention to or anything else that you'd like to add to the conversation that we haven't quite covered? No, you can check out check me out at hockeystickadvisory.com or my LinkedIn. I'm quite active on LinkedIn, sort of posting my views and observations of, of partnerships I see in the wild. And um, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn as a resource together. Uh, I hope there's been some value here to the audience today and I look forward to, uh, to George's incubator coming to life next year. Thank you, Brian. Fantastic. Listeners, Brian is a lovely, lovely guy. He drops a ton of content on his uh, LinkedIn as well. There's plenty of value there. So make sure you go follow him, connect with him, and I'm sure he'll be happy to answer any questions you might have. Brian, thank you so much for your time. Cheers, George. Um, once again, great to make the cut as a, as a guest on, uh, on your podcast. Loved having you. Thank you. Cheers, buddy. George, as you know, I couldn't make it to this interview, but while I was editing, it made me even more devastated to have missed it. What a true expert of partnerships and stand-up guy Brian was. Yeah, he was a lovely guy and he just shared so much great information and Kev, a lot of useful information for you and I too. So I was a little bit sneaky there, but hopefully it's something that our listeners can resonate with. Now, Kev, as with our other guests, Brian takes a view of helping and creating those win-win-win scenarios. And that makes you get the most out of your resources as a growing business. And Kev, in this case, he did it through partnerships. Yeah, I loved a few key quotes from Brian as well. First is, partnerships are like a form of social currency. Yeah, another one I loved, Kev, was when he said, ask yourself the key question, do you want to do it yourself or do you want to work with others to power up your efforts? He also said, find compatible partners who are well aligned and at a similar stage of growth with a similar outlook. And finally, Kev, I really love this one. It was treat your partners like employees and make them part of your team, not just suppliers. So that means integrate deeply and the rewards are going to pay off over time. Otherwise, it's just not worth your energy. All right, listeners, go and connect with Brian on LinkedIn and through his business, Hockey Stick Advisory, if that's relevant to you. And make sure to check out Partnership Leaders, which he runs here in Australia as well.
Yeah, he releases a ton of great free content on his LinkedIn uh, all around partnerships. So I definitely recommend you go and follow him. As always, listeners, we are so stoked that more and more of you are joining us every Monday morning by tuning into the B2B Playbook. And if we can ask one thing, it would be to please pass the show on to someone who you think could benefit from it. That would really, really be awesome for Kevin and I. We greatly appreciate it. Or just leave us a short review on whatever platform it is that you listen on. It's a huge help to us, our future listeners, and we'd really appreciate it. Thank you, Kev. Thank you, listeners. Take care and catch you next week. Thank you, George. Thank you, listeners. Take care. See you next week. A quick note before you go, listeners, you can find more great content and get in touch with us at theb2bplaybook.com. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and our newsletter while you're there to get the latest news, tips, and resources from our playbook. We'll be back the same day and same time with another episode next week. Thanks for tuning in to the B2B Playbook. Remember, successful B2B marketing starts with the buyer.